Storygram Network. The content and products discussed in this program have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, nor are they intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Any decisions made around your health should be discussed with your health practitioner. Welcome to Body Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heather Morgan, Health and Human Potential Master Coach and Edutainment Curator. I started Body Talk over a decade ago in order to achieve my mission of educating and inspiring millions to a healthier way of living. Body Talk Radio is more than just a radio show. It's your gateway to information and education relevant to today's most important health topics. Delivered by top thought leaders, influencers, and world changers in the health and human potential space. If you love great health talk, listen in and join the community. Get educated, get inspired, and become a healthier you. Welcome to Body Talk. Hi, everyone. I'm Heather Morgan, Nutrition Healthy Living Coach, joined today by Debbie Sober, Transformation Psychologist. And we are going to talk today. This is a continuing uh, interview for my 10-part series on weight loss resistance. We're going to be talking today about how emotions and psychology and our personal uh, wellness of being plays into our inability to lose weight and what those reasons might be. So I'm super excited to have Debbie on the show with me today. I've been wanting to have an expert on the show for a long time to talk about the whole psychological side, the whole emotional side to weight loss, um, because it, it really, it, you just can't, you can't really consider the whole person and you can't really consider what's going on in the weight loss dynamic without looking at how emotions and the mind and our our behaviors play into this. So, Debbie, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much. Looking forward to being here. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you taking the time out for our community today. So, uh, just to kind of let everybody know who's listening in, um, I am doing a series this fall on weight loss resistance, and this is this is because you've asked for it. My community is, you know, you all know I heart my community. Everybody talks to me. I get a lot of great feedback, and everybody really uh, always has a lot of a lot of great questions when I talk about weight loss and weight loss resistance not only because it's what I did for so long as a holistic nutritionist um, in my own wellness center, but it's also something that I'm just passionate about and and really have uh, loved to talk about. So I'm bringing in a lot of experts this fall. It's going to be one week right after the other. We're talking about weight loss, weight loss resistance, all that goes into it, why you might not be able to reach your optimal body composition or what's holding you back let's 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 dig in a little bit so debbie you are studying transformational psychology correct yeah i am i'm actually writing my dissertation right now (gasps) oh my goodness wow so you're you're at the end of the road which is great and i'll tell you it's i'm here at this point because i mean i've been in health for 26 years started with weight loss and fitness and then we realized what's the reason why the weight issues were there in the first place so much of it had to do with stress so I became a functional diagnostic nutritionist Mm -hmm. and then with that a whole health coach because of our lifestyles Mm -hmm. and and then started working with a lot of clients who were dealing with a lot of 
trauma and, and w- real reasons why the the weight was just offering some kind of protection or using the weight to numb and distract. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now really what I've done is you know, just created this sort of multi-pronged approach to help women either prevent or heal physically, mentally, emotionally from a life crisis, and weight is a huge part of that. It is. I mean, it, it really, really is, which is why I was so excited to have you on the show today because I'm talking about so many different aspects, but more, you know, biochemical uh, aspects to weight loss resistance. But you cannot address physical wellness of being, body composition, all these things without really understanding the emotional piece to it. So talk to me a little bit about the work that you do and and how your studies and what you've been learning has has sort of led to this type of work. And we're talking in particular about why people hold on to the weight or why they're why why they're not going to be able to lose the weight until they address certain needs. Sure. Well, first of all, I mean, food and emotions are so intertwined, we can barely tell them apart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we eat for so many reasons, mindless, binge, emotional, social eating. There are so many reasons why we're eating, and we mm-hmm. have this. So often we have this dysfunctional relationship with food. Mm-hmm. You know, we think we can only have one with people, <laughs> but we can have one with food, too. So we need to kind of True. untangle that. But one of the best ways is to understand why we're doing these things in the first place. So what I see all the time is someone is using food to to numb or distract from something. And, you know, it's just a way of, we, we use these, and this is actually, I did a TEDx talk on just this topic. Okay. And it was, why do we use food or, or TV or drugs or alcohol or just keeping busy? It's because there's something we just don't want to see. We don't want to look at it. Mm. So if it used to take three cookies, now it takes six. If it used to take, you know, one glass of wine, now it takes two. And what happens is there's this unease, this, you know, what used to work doesn't work anymore. What used to feel good doesn't feel good anymore. What used to make us happy doesn't make us happy anymore. And we just want to drown out that noise because Mm -hmm. if stop and listen, it's going to cause a lot of chaos. And we think we like change, but we really don't. No, I mean, humans are, we're definitely creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we see this all the time when we're, you know, trying to adjust diet, trying to adjust lifestyle habits, behaviors. And so I completely agree with you. It's, you know, people will do all kinds of things to, you know, avoid the change and the discomfort that's involved in change. Um, But, you know, you said something, and I want to kind of get back to that a little bit, and that is uh, the People, people, you know, they, they have this, whatever it is they're avoiding or masking. And, and isn't it true, though, that sort of everybody has something that has that? Doesn't everybody have things in their life that maybe um, catches them up in one way or another? And why does it manifest as maybe food or dietary in some people and other ways in other? Maybe the other person goes the opposite direction and under eats or over exercises. Mm-hmm. You know, I see it so often with my clients like this. You know, they they have 
so much that they're doing. And, and one of the biggest challenges is they're so capable. So because they can do it all, they do until they can. So in order to get it all done, they need to cut some corners. Now, they wouldn't cut the corners when it comes to anybody else. So they cut those corners when it comes to their own self-care. Like, think about it. If they wake up a little bit earlier, they can knock out a few more emails. If they give up a workout, they mm-hmm. can run a few more errands. Mm-hmm. If they go to the drive through they don't have to make that healthy meal at home. But they're also, and this is where that numbing and distracting comes in, they have to, in order to get it all done, we have to become almost machine-like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and turn down the being and turn up the doing. You know, what do I mean by that? Because we have so much going on, the only way it's possible is really just to shut down the parts of ourselves that feel. So Mm -hmm. we can just get through all these things. But that doesn't mean those things are going away. So as we're just burning through our to-do list, there's that nagging voice in the back of our head saying, hey, you know, you need to look at your relationships. Hey, you have that health issue that truly needs your attention. You know, there's really that family matter that you haven't been looking at. There's something going on. So, so many of us, we have these things, but... Because the ball is rolling, we just can't afford the downtime or we don't have the bandwidth to stop and say, okay, you know what, let me stop and take a look at it. And that's Mm -hmm. where that life crisis comes in so handy because it is the perfect catalyst for growth because it forces us to say, okay, you know what, now I see and I see it clearly. Mm -hmm. I have some questions I can give your audience just to see are they numbing and distracting themselves? And, And if so, you know, what are they... What are they doing that for? Ah, brilliant. I love that. No, and sure. let's, yeah, let's definitely do that. And let's hold the questions for the next segment. I, mm-hmm. I think that's great because I think we can do, we, you know, we might even get people uh, calling or emailing in se- or sending in some answers real time on the website too. So that's fantastic. I love it. And, you know, this whole concept of keeping weight on to avoid thinking about whatever that life changes that needs to happen you know whether it's a bad relationship it's a work situation that's less than optimal whether it's something in our physical wellness of being I think you're just you're absolutely nailing it and so often so many people do that and correct me if I'm wrong here but do you think that that's often as well on a subconscious level I mean they're not even aware that they're doing it Oh, absolutely. Like, here's an example. I had a um, a client sitting in my office, and she says to me, um, well, you know, I don't get it. I have seen every nutritionist, every dietitian, every health expert. I lose 20, 30 pounds, and then I just, I don't know what happens. So now I know, sure, we can look at food, but very often there are going to be so many mm-hmm. other to look at. So we start mm-hmm. talking about something like relationships. And I said, well, you know what? what? What happens when you lose 25, 30 pounds? And she says, well, yeah, I start feeling really good. Mm-hmm. Really, how, how does your husband feel about that? The deer in the headlights <laughs> says, "Oh my gosh!" He starts feeling threatened, jealous, yes. jealous insecure. Yeah. So she, here she is, subconsciously, she doesn't even mm-hmm. realize she's doing it, but she puts the weight back on so she doesn't rock the boat. She doesn't make him uncomfortable. We do stuff like that all the time. Interesting, you know, I, absolutely. And I, I, I've seen it as well with my own clients, and and you know, I've I've seen clients who actually are holding on weight because maybe a family member is mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're sort of mirroring and, and keeping themselves at the same level as a family member until their family member is able to look at what's going on. Have you seen that before? 
Oh, I have actually. I mean, this this uh, another client immediately comes to mind. She had um, a daughter, and that was sort of their thing together. They struggled with weight together. Yes. And she would lose a certain amount of weight, and then she couldn't realize why she wasn't losing anymore. Mm-hmm. And then she realized, oh my gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be leaving my my daughter behind. Yes. It's like I'm gonna leave her stranded with all this. So, but here's the interesting thing: once we reframed it, where you know what, you're not leaving her behind. What if you could be her role model? Mm-hmm. And she really bought into that. Mm-hmm. That's when the weight came off. Yeah, absolutely. See, that's mm-hmm. so, so interesting. But she needed to have your guidance to sort of help her to see and understand that. Because like I said, I think so often people don't even realize, they don't even realize that this, you know, self-sabotaging or whatever it is, protective protection mode often mm-hmm. is, um, is, is happening and why it's happening. So I find it so fascinating and so interesting um, for sure and and you know I just want to put it out there to our to our community and people who are listening because again you know so many people are are I think you know experiencing more than 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 not are experiencing this when they have weight to lose there's somehow something tied in externally that maybe they don't realize besides say for example the eating or the lifestyle Oh, there's so much that goes into it. I mean, if I tell you how many people I've worked with where they realized, oh my gosh, if I if I lose this weight, I don't know if I'm going to be still attracted to my partner. Yes. Or, you know, or they they sort of know how things work at this at this weight. They, it's they predictable. Know yeah, and, and they get it. Yeah. And they and they understand it, and they know how they're perceived, and they have it all figured out. So to to change that is a little bit scary. It's also you know sometimes I see it as this sort of like way of keeping people at a distance or getting help from mm. people. We use our weight for so many different reasons. Isn't that and, interesting? Or as protection. You know, think about it. When we're young, we hide behind our mom's leg. When we're older, the mm-hmm. weight does the same thing. I want to talk about that. So, so we actually have to go to break, and um, and we're gonna we're gonna go and 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 hear our commercials for a little bit, and we'll be back. But I would like to talk start off when we get back talking about that, if you don't mind, and um and then we can also go into the questions. So, listeners, stay tuned. I really want you to to hear this next part also to hear some questions that you can maybe ask yourself to determine is this is this what's going on with you. So we are gonna go take a break, and we will be right back. And we're back. You're listening to Body Talk Radio. I'm Heather Morgan, nutrition, healthy living coach, joined today by Debbie Silver, transformational psychologist, or very soon to be, I might say, and um, an and expert on many of the reasons why people will keep weight on to avoid thinking about big life changes and or any other thing, any any. Anything else that's going on in their lives that might serve them? So actually, the keeping the weight on actually serves a purpose for them. Is that right, Debbie? You know, and I always ask them that question, what's the benefit of keeping the weight on? And I know it sounds so odd. They say, well, what do you mean? What could possibly be the benefit? Right. But when you really think about it, there always, there always is mm-hmm. a reason. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, th- and there is, but I'm sure that asking that question they probably don't even realize often and and part of the work that you do is to help them explore um, and to find what those reasons are and to bring it to the surface look at it face it deal with it and then find that you know maybe a replacement 
for the purpose, of, right? Of course, of course. And, and, you know, it's so often, yes, it could be a food thing. Sometimes it's a stress thing. You know, I remember there was a woman I was working with, and this was when I was, I was working um, in a group, with a group. And every, I mean, I know they're going to lose, let's say, three to five pounds the first week, a steady two after that. And she mm-hmm. wasn't losing like the rest. And, and I know we're all different, but I know with what she was eating, sort of how she would have been losing and right. she w- it was really going slowly and she said you know what Deb I, I'm, I'm having like all these issues with my husband um, I just mm-hmm. want to take a break for like a month is that okay I'm like of course mm-hmm. so I called her a month later and and I spoke to her and she sounded really good I'm like wow you know you sound great what's going on and she said well first of all everything worked out with my husband but I have to tell you I didn't change my food one iota I dropped seven pounds this month <sighs> It's, I mean, what the body does to protect us or when we're under stress, it's, it's so brilliant. It is. It really is. And we don't look at it like that. But mm. usually there's some kind of protection. There's some kind of, you're not ready to see this or you're not ready to work this through. You're going to have to, your life is going to change. Your eyes are going to open. So we're going to keep this weight on until you're ready to take a look. It is, it is definitely, when you're looking at the emotional component of uh a way that can serve as protection, and I know that this is also um, has has is is known to be common in 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 um, victims of sexual abuse as well. Correct? Oh, absolutely. You know, I had one client. I remember her saying, "I just I just looked at her and I said, I mean, morbidly obese. You know, why? What's yeah, what's going on?" And uh, she said, um, "You know, I I eat so I don't feel, and I don't want to feel because I don't want to cry, because if I start crying, I'm not going to ever stop." Oh. oh, yeah, and that's that's so common. It's so common. You know, think about it. There's so much fear, so much fear, and having that the type of body that may get people looking at you and you may get that attention can be terrifying. Well, so es- yes, yes, especially if they don't want to be attractive mm-hmm. to certain people in their in their world. Sure. Um, be and and maybe you know and. Uh, you know, this is one small example of many reasons why people would hold on to weight to protect mm-hmm. themselves. Um, and I know that that can be the case. And and you said earlier, you said, I eat, she says, I mm-hmm. eat so I don't have to feel. Mm-hmm. So what is it about the eating that numbs? You know, when, when you're emotionally eating, think about it. We're stuffing ourselves to stuff the feelings. We're eating to soothe, calm, numb, relax from our problems, from our pain. We're self-medicating food's just just a drug of choice. That's all it is. We're looking for the dopamine. We're looking for the serotonin. We're looking for that peace and calm. You know, we're looking to ignite the reward and pleasure centers of our Mm -hmm. brain. Absolutely. Uh, Agreed. And, you know, these biochemical reactions absolutely can happen um, when you know especially when you're eating foods you're intolerant to or high carbohydrate diets you do get this opiate response you do get this you know this quick uh, feeling of satisfaction and also too people do it to replace love you know if they're not feeling loved or you know they're looking and seeking approval and love from someone they may also gain that from eating foods that give them that quick opiate feeling or whatever. Oh, sure. And it's, but it's a one-sided relationship. You love it. It doesn't love you back. That's, that's for sure. But you know, it's, and it does, it, it, it happens. It just happens so often, but we don't realize that 
this it's it is it's a it's a dysfunctional way of eating but we're doing the best we can with what we have this is what we were either taught or we taught ourselves mm-hmm. we're feeding an unmet need that's all, you know that's really what's going on here so the real question to ask is what am i truly hungry for you know instead of berating yourself for a binge mm-hmm. Why did that binge happen? Was there a conversation you wanted to have? Is there is there a feeling of loneliness of of some sort of um, lack? Like you, you know you don't feel fulfilled. You don't feel you know something's going on. When you can trace it back to that feeling, mm-hmm. and then feed that feeling with what you really need. I mean that's I found that's that's the beginning of the end of emotional eating. So let's just let's use some examples here. Mm-hmm. Um, so s- someone comes into the office and you know they are they're overeating, they're binge eating, they're they know that the, their eating choices are not serving them well. They're o- obese, maybe morbidly obese. Mm-hmm. The wor- the work that be- needs to be done is what is it that you can replace this with, or what is it that you're using food instead of? Is that is that what is that what the way you're doing it? Well, well, it's definitely identifying that. Like I, I remember another client. She had this need to to serve for community service. We fi- and and once we figured that out, got her involved in community service. I mean, it's a very backwards way to lose weight, but you know something? She was feeding the real need. Mm-hmm. So it it really is. You know, what are you truly hungry for? What is it that you're trying to feed? And mm-hmm. how can you give yourself? that whatever you know whatever that is because that's truly at the heart of it but but what i see also with a lot of my emotional leaders is and it scares the life out of them but it means so much progress when you stop stuffing yourself and stuffing those feelings so often you may have some weird and uncomfortable dreams or emotions or yes you know and you're not used to it because these are all the feelings that have been stuffed and this is what you know is is really um, creates a lot of fear for people, but but mm-hmm. I show them this is an amazing sign of progress because now now you see all the work and and you see what needs your attention. Now just work through this with compassion and love. This is what you've been stuffing and avoiding all this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I I I I think this is just so so important for our listeners who are having difficulties losing weight. You know, and there may be some listeners who are, are, are listening and really reflecting on themselves and saying, yeah, but I just don't think I have anything that, you know, I love food. I eat food a lot. You know, hey, we live here in Sonoma. The food's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, maybe they just really aren't kind of making the connection, which is, I guess, I guess it's it's fine. It's one of those things where it's, it's a process. But weight loss resistance and not being able to lose weight, the way we, we work on this is the different phases. Okay, let's let's put you on a, a a dietary program and see how your body responds. And then we start. If it doesn't, we start exploring all the different areas of weight loss resistance. And and this is this is one of them. And and you know, often people just don't see it, or you know, maybe think that's just that's not me. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'll ahead. tell you, uh, this is this is something I see a lot too. Someone may say that they want to lose weight and they're just so frustrated because the weight isn't coming off and so often because like I said I mean yes it can be the food but I find that it's it's everything else mm-hmm. and sometimes when we get away with looking good you know it's like uh, you know what I could put a coat on I look okay uh, you know oh, yeah. I wear these clothes I look alright uh, oh, yeah. and when we get away with it 
there's really no incentive. Exactly. Really, and when the incentive isn't there, there's there's not this great need. It's almost there's like no buy-in. So yeah, when there's when it's so obvious and in our face and really really halting our lifestyle in some way or, mm-hmm. or really impacting us, mm-hmm. it's one thing. But when it's just like, well, sure, I'd look better with you know ten, fifteen, twenty pounds mm-hmm. gone, but. Eh. You know, it's, well, it's a hard sell. It's interesting. It good as is. I I I completely agree with you, and this mm-hmm. is this is in in the book that I'm writing, and that is, um, this whole concept of what's greater, the discomfort of being having the weight on, or the discomfort of getting rid of it, and what it takes to get rid Ab- of it. Absolutely, and I'll tell you, you know, for years. I was helping people lose weight just so they, you know, so they look better, so they feel better. But now in this, really, in this world of transformation that I'm in and, and helping people just really regain their, their body, mind, their life after a life crisis, weight loss has a whole different meaning. Mm-hmm. And getting your body together has a whole different meaning. You know, it's, it's who does it allow you to become? How mm-hmm. does it allow you to show up? It's, and especially, like, think about it. If, if you're healing from a let's say it's a it's a physical crisis you mm-hmm. have you got some diagnosis you have some right. disease having your health on your side you're just going to it's just going to help you heal that much faster you know or or let's say there's a mental emotional crisis or mm-hmm. you're going through a divorce or or mm-hmm. you just you're at the other end of of some sort of betrayal or something now think about it you've been so emotionally slammed if you if if you don't feel good about your body it's that much harder to feel mm-hmm. good Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, yeah. and and when it comes down to it, there is, I always say it's in the breakdown that the breakthrough happens. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, people have to find that point, like I said, where, which is greater, you know, the discomfort of being the way you are now or the discomfort of going through what you need to go through to make the transformation. And what is that point and what does that look like? And and that's the place with which people will make a commitment because there's one thing, and I write this in my book as well. I talk all about motivation, you know, mm-hmm. versus commitment, and I think motivation is entirely overrated because, you know, motivation is 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 literally not even a starting point, right? But commitment is 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 a whole different thing, and. And and so for me, it's sort of like when you get to that point where you are your discomfort is to the level of where you know you need to make the change and unfortunately a lot of times that's in the breakdown where that breakthrough mm-hmm. is going to happen and i guess so uh, you nailed it because there's so many people who are just okay with being 20 30 40 pounds beyond what they should be they don't have a lot of diagnoses from the doctor you know maybe they have occasional headaches joint discomfort lethargy they're tired you know they've got the you know the their pants are tight, their size are too bigger than they were, but hey, you know what? I'm I'm too busy to go deal with all that. So, okay, then, you know, obviously there's a point where people have to be motivated, but then there's the people who are in denial. Mm-hmm. They're going in and out their day, they're obese or they're morbid, heading towards mor- morbidly obese, going throughout their day, thinking about anything and everything besides themselves. Mm-hmm. Thinking about anything and everything besides getting to the gym or how they can prepare healthy, clean, whole foods for a new program, you know, or, or a new lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's almost it's almost like it doesn't even cross their mind and it's subconsciously purposeful. 
Does that make sense? Uh, it, you know what? It, it does. And I think with that, what I've seen anyway, mm-hmm. is it's really, it, it seems so overwhelming. And especially someone who has a lot of weight to lose, they look at it like as this insurmountable climb. And what, you know, if I start this now, I mean, think about it. They, they look and say, okay, so I could start this now. It is going to take so long for me to even make a dent. Now, mm-hmm. that, and, and they can look at that and say, well, that's, that's not motivating. But think about it. It's not in the big quantum leaps. It's in the daily, seemingly insignificant steps we take each day that over mm-hmm. time, huge result. Yes. But if, if they look at it and say over time, they will have this significant impact as they've created these great new habits, as they've also changed mentally and emotionally to catch up mm-hmm. with this body that's changing right along with them. Mm-hmm. And then it's a very different story. But I, I, I think what I've seen anyway is that, that it just seems like too big of a task, too big of a, you know, oh, I have to do this now too. You know, but if they've found some really simple ways to make it all work, and, and this is where I tell them, listen, I, I get the whole busy thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell them, listen, I have four kids and six dogs, yeah. and, and I'm running a business, and I'm in a PhD program, so I get the busy. So right. now they listen because they're saying, okay, now she I can't. I can't stay, you know. <laughs> I, I'm not suggesting stay home and cook all day. Yeah. I found really simple ways to make it work. But even if you just insert one or two of these new behaviors until, you know, they, they catch. But I'll tell you, what I also find doesn't work is we think, okay, well, let's just go for the behavior because if we change the behavior, mm-hmm. we'll get a different result. And and this is why I see people struggling for a lifetime. Oh. And what I found is you can do that all day, every day, but until you find the belief that created the behavior in the first place and, and you change that belief, that's the root. That's the root of it. You go for that belief, you find out what the belief was, you change that, the behavior will automatically change and then the result will automatically change. So I mean, Amazing. I'm the root and not and not just hacking away at the leaves. Okay, so I, I, can you please just repeat that because that is so important. Mm-hmm. And then I want to talk, and then and then we're going to go to another break. And then I'd mm-hmm. like to pick up talking about that because you you're right at the core there. Mm-hmm. And I think so many members in the community are going to really, um, they're going to want to hear that. And it's so so important. And in 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 anything, belief belief is 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 at the core right of of the reality so absolutely and and your a belief is is simply the repetition of an idea from someone we trust so all that means is someone we trusted a parent a teacher someone in a religious capacity said something to us enough times and it became our belief that doesn't make it good or bad doesn't make it right or wrong doesn't make it true but it makes it ours and and then we repeat that thousands and thousands of times throughout our day subconsciously it drives every single thought behavior action habit we have amazing and and to that end a belief can be your best friend or your worst enemy absolutely absolutely right? so it's it's the belief just to get back to if you need you want that visual imagine let's say you're writing those three words belief and then make an arrow going down behavior arrow going down result most people start it at the behavior level. That's I'll right. I'll change my behavior and get mm-hmm. a different result. But what I'm suggesting is mm-hmm. start at the belief because that's what drives all of it. Mm-hmm. 